On today's Sports and Rec, we recap the end of March Madness and the Masters before checking in on the latest news in the NBA and the NFL. Then, we continue our Parks and Rec rewatch with a discussion of episodes 10 and 11 of season 5. Hope you enjoy the pod. I'm Anthony Restivo alongside Casey McGarvey. Today is Thursday, April 15th. We took a week or two off. We are back. We want to touch very quickly on the March Madness that came to a close a couple weeks ago. We didn't get a chance to talk about some of that stuff. All of our predictions basically turned out incorrect, except for my prediction that UConn would ultimately lose um, in the finals, but that one was only half true because they lost but just not in the finals um any final thoughts we'll only touch on it quickly just to wrap it up and uh, address it but any final thoughts on the women's and the men's uh how everything shape shape shook out there yeah good for stanford to get that win um great i had no did you know they had gone that long i knew because i know stanford had been like at the top of the game for very like basically the entire time of vanderweek's Just coming in here to make a quick correction. I just said Vandeweeg in reference to the Stanford basketball women's coach. That is incorrect. It is Vandeveer. I must have had Kiki Vandeweeg on my brain at the time. Uh, just another basketball person, but that was the name that must have jumped into my brain. Um, I meant to say Vandeveer. Uh, that is the women's uh, Stanford women's basketball coach. So just jumping in here to fix that. like career but i didn't know they hadn't won since 92 i thought they had to have at one at least one between nah, they never got snuck in there i mean uconn had crazy runs tennessee was always good baylor won some texas a&m won some in there notre Mississippi dame state south carolina notre dame but yeah i mean they've been to a number of final fours but no I, I, um it surprised me a little bit and then once i thought about it, i'm like eh, that's not not as surprising when you think of the power, powerful power teams that have been there. Um, I thought they would have snuck one in it or something, you know, just like they one, just one never, year, but they've had very, very, very good teams. They've never had that stud player like every other program has. They, they, they had the Aguma case sisters who are outstanding in the WNBA, but um, they've never had that, you know, number one overall draft like Baylor had. You know, Griner, um, South Carolina had Asia. 
Um, UConn's had numerous ones. Texas A&M, I think they won one or two years in a row, and they had a stud player on that team. So, I mean, that's the only thing they were missing, And but this year they put it together. Yeah, that, it was good for them to see, like, I was surprised Arizona, like I know that they were kind of on a run and it's third time facing Stanford. So you're kind of familiar with, with the team and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, Arizona dominated UConn, like UConn looked like a shell of themselves in that, um, in that game. Uh, and you know, Arizona absolutely deserved a win. Um, and then I thought Stanford was going to blow out Arizona because they already had twice this year. Um, but yeah, luckily Arizona was able to hang around and keep it close and, and put up a shot at the end that could have uh, fell and, and actually won them the title. So um, for the first time ever, so that was cool that it ended up being a, a close game between those two. Um, but yeah, good for Stanford for finally uh, closing the door and, and, and winning there. Um, they seem like I got some talent, but I think it really is like that's not like a completely dominant team. I think they're young and, and have some good talent but i think like what's a good sign is you know between uconn baylor um you know and some of these other teams that are in the mix uh generally all the time especially with how young uconn is they'll, they'll be back again and it's not like a uh like stanford's not about to go on i would guess not like a a, str- a string of championships like happens sometimes in the women's game so um i think it's going to be very competitive uh over the next few years or so or maybe not. Like I think UConn could also dominate entirely for the. I, think it, I mean, when you say competitive, I think it's competitive between like five or six teams. But Arizona kind of knocked at that door a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that that was good to see a team like that sneak in. You don't see that very often in the women's game. It happens more frequently in the men's side of things. So it's good to to see a new team kind of jump into the equation and and mix it up a little bit. Get some uh, new faces in there. But I do think UConn's kind of going to go on a run here uh, with AZ and and Paige as long as they're healthy and, you know, they pan out as well as to be expected. I mean, Paige already looks great. Um, so I, I could see them going on a little bit of a, uh, a extended run of, of titles potentially, even if they might be close. I, I could see that happening. Um, on the men's side of things, super boring finals. Um championship game not it was a matchup everyone wanted and expected um and it was not the game anyone wanted or expected <laughs> it was a complete blowout is over basically within i mean sure gonzaga fought back a couple times but like it was almost you know nine points for i'd say like 35 of the 40 minutes of that game <laughs> like it didn't really get much closer than that yeah, never got the Gonzaga run that they've come to known for all, all year where they just put their stamp on a game at one point or the other. It just never happened. You know, hats off to Baylor. I think it's a long time coming for them. Um, they showed their physical defense throughout the turn, excuse me, throughout the tournament and got the job done. Yeah, they just looked bigger, faster, stronger. I used it in my newsletter. It reminded me of the quote Averman says in Mighty Ducks, and they're just like, these guys are just <laughs> bigger, faster, and stronger is literally what – Baylor more facial hair yeah um but uh yeah it was just a complete domination on their part they looked great gonzaga looked slow and um t- maybe tired i mean they had an overtime like they had to put up an almost perfect performance against a team that put up a just about perfect performance against them um 
in UCLA in the final four. And, you know, like Baylor was, they weren't as perfect as UCLA was, but they were very close to it. Like they had just as great of a performance as they needed to put up in that game too, shooting the ball like lights out uh, from three. And they're a streaky team, but they just, this was their run of games where they just did not miss many shots and played great defense and looked perfect. Oh, just about perfect. Um, for most of that game. And like Gonzaga was just can't, can't be two perfect teams that like play their perfect games against you. And that's, that's a tough follow up. Um, which begs the question, will Gonzaga ever win? This is twice now they've been there. This was their best shot. This was the most dominant team. It appeared to be undefeated going into it. Can they, can they close it? I think they'll eventually win one. Um, this a year, I totally agree with you. This definitely was their best opportunity up to date. Um, but it's, it's there. They're knocking at the door. They're almost kicking the door in. Um, but it was cool. You, you know, Baylor and Gonzaga, yes, are good basketball programs. They're not your blue blood basketball program. So I think it was pretty great to have them both in the finals. Like you said, I would have loved a better game, but it's cool seeing like coming down to it. You knew a new team was going to win it, and that did happen. Um, yeah. And Baylor so, earned it. I mean, they were up there all year too. They had a, a, a small stretch where they weren't playing as well after some COVID stuff um, kind of happened in their. Um, I don't know if it was in the team or the admin side of things or or what, but they had a stretch where they had to shut down for a little bit. But they were basically number two all season long right behind Gonzaga. Um, so it wasn't like this was like a shock in any way that Baylor would be able to pull this out. Um, but it was just more shock in how they did it. Yeah, so good for Baylor. And yes, I do think Gonzaga will eventually win one. Yeah, I'm with you there too. Hopefully soon because uh, that'd be like the Baylor story is great and, and exciting, but it get even better when we get like a team from a, a no-name conference um, like the WCC to, to win that. Um, we also got the game of the tournament in the final four between Gonzaga and UCLA. Like I talked about, finally got the buzzer beater I've been w- looking for and waiting you for. Your what, buzzer a, beater. what a buzzer beater it was. Um, one of the best. Um, it's too bad it doesn't have the story um, storybook ending to it as it would have if Gonzaga had, had ended up winning the title. Um, but nonetheless, still a very memorable uh incredible um march madness moments we finally got that that big one shining moment uh you know clip for the for the for the uh (laughs) the video that they put together at the end um yeah and just an incredible game ucla played absolutely perfect as perfect as you can play um and gonzaga was just as perfect and did what they needed to and what a game it was just incredible back and forth and just so much fun to watch so um, that was game of the tournament by far and, you know, incredible moment that I definitely won't be forgetting anytime soon, but that's it until next year. Um, I don't really have any early, too early predictions for next year. I know Gonzaga is already the number one, like preseason number one for next year. I think UConn will win next year for the girls. Um, but I don't really have any thoughts on, on the men's side of things kind of just excited. I'll take Michigan on the men's side. Oh, it's good. That's a good one. 
Yeah, I'll like go Gonzaga. I'm just gonna keep picking them until they win. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, I like what Juwan Howard's doing there. Um, I think he's gonna do a great job recruiting over the next few years. Um, so yeah, I think he's gonna put. I mean, they've already had some phenomenal squads in the last decade or so. Um, so I think they're gonna put it together. That'd be a good one. Get Howard uh, that one he wasn't able to get while he was at Michigan. Um, also, uh, just. Real quick, North Carolina hired Hubert Davis. I know we had a brief discussion on that last time. Uh, surprised or what do you think of the hire? Great internal. Um, I'm excited for it. A part of me wanted to see Jerry Stackhouse, but um, they moved quick, went internal. Someone knows the program very well, given the opportunity um, and go from there. I mean, yeah, they haven't had as much success the last two, three years, but take the whole, like, you know, the last 15 years, you know, or even since the turn of the century, they've been very successful still. Um, still probably one of the most popular jobs in the country. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. Yeah, I would like to see Jerry Stackhouse or um, someone more exciting, but I guess Davis makes a lot of sense from the internal side of things. And, uh, you know, he's still got the history with North Carolina too as a former player there, so see what he's able to do um we also had one of our favorite sporting events the masters take place this weekend um unfortunately no tiger but still just as exciting very strange weekend though um overall dustin johnson missed a cut um who was the past champion um one in november which is just a sign of the course played very differently in November than it did in the, or than it does in April generally. Um, and I think the, the people that run the masters were probably not happy with the scoring that happened in November too. So they wanted to kind of just, uh, wake it up a little bit and, and put together a challenge for people. Uh, but we saw Hideki Matsuyama, the first Japanese golfer to win the masters. Uh, it was very exciting and, Played solid all all week long. Um, actually, the the big turning point seemed to be the rain delay for a lot of golfers. I mean, Justin Thomas was right at the top there, you know, on the verge of potentially making a run. Matsuyama was kind of, you know, in the mix, but not at the top. And then the rain delay happens, and Thomas completely dropped off, and Matsuyama went on a run, and that seemed to be the big the big difference in in his victory. Um, any thoughts on or um you know surprise disappointments with anybody i was thrilled with the masters um i love when it comes around every year getting it twice in like six month span is amazing um i'm glad spieth didn't crawl back into a hole he's been in the last however many years um played well um course was tough i think only five or six guys were six under or better otherwise the rest of the field didn't even touch that um great for Matsuyama I wanted more drama on the last day of course I think everybody did and you know Matsuyama opened the door for Shoffley and Shoffley choked like immediately immediately choked and um when you can walk away with a bogey putt to win the Masters you know thrilled for Matsuyama I think it's a great win I loved his caddy you know walking out taking the flag you know, just bowing to the course. Um, you know, I thought that was a great way to finish it off. Um, and then I just love um, Jim Nance, you know, 
asked him through his translator at the end, you know, how you feeling? How are things? How are you? Like, can you sum up like your feelings right now? You know, I'm very happy. I'm like, easy. Boom. Yeah. I loved it. I love that answer. No, like long dry, just I'm very happy. And then he was on a commercial flight home to Japan the next day. So uh, thrilled for him to get that win. Um, I mean, it's been, I think it was close to the same length as Spieth, you know, either 1300 days or so. Um, so I, I, I can never say a bad word about the Masters. Love it. It's a great tournament. I enjoy those four days. It's, it's just a great way. That For me, that's when spring begins. Yeah. No, it's true. When you get the shots of all the the flowers and the, just the greenery all around in, in Augusta. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, like you said, it lacked a little bit of the drama, got a little dicey towards the end when Shoffley had made like four or five birdies in a row. Uh, Matsuyama had a couple of bad holes, and it made it a little bit more tight, and then Shoffley blew it. Um, at the start, I actually thought Shoffley would be able to um, pulled out. He was within striking distance, and Matsuyama's first drive went kind of haywire, and I think he bogeyed the first hole. Um, and so I was like, "Oh, the door's open potentially for this. Like, let's see what happens." And Shoffley's kind of been there before, so I expected him to kind of be steady and maybe put up like a two under or something, and and potentially sneak in there and steal steal the green jacket away. But now he was not able to do so. Um, so it's too bad. And I was rooting for Justin Thomas too, and. Like I said, he, he kind of fell apart on that moving day Saturday after the rain delay and wasn't really in it after that. And, you know, it was good to see Spieth in the mix again. Uh, hadn't seen him up there in a, in a major in a while, so it was kind of good to see him. It's good to see DeChambeau kind of struggling and doing terrible at the Masters still. Can't figure it out. So uh, I like those storylines. So keep it interesting uh, in the golf world. But uh, first major is is gone and and now we have to wait for the long the long stretch we got masters very quickly in you know like six months of each other two two masters in six months but um now we'll feel like a really long time uh, also away. shout out to brooks kepka playing three weeks after knee surgery freaking unreal um so yeah it I think some people might have said is you know he's still really into golf and i would say he's still pretty still pretty hungry to play when you you hustle back and play you know he didn't make the cut but play decently well so yeah i hope he gets healthy i hope this isn't like a a thing that kind of derails his career moving forward because he was one of the better golfers and was one of the more exciting ones so i hope he gets back healthy and, and back to form again uh competing at the top because he's a he's a fun guy to watch um and so We'll see what happens there. Um, and also my boy Ricky didn't even get a chance to play at the Masters this year. He's been having a tough stretch. so But I still like to see him sneak one, a major out and, at some point. Um, doesn't have to be the Masters, but like, I'd like to see him win one. I, I, I think I he'd take any win right about now. Yeah, I'd like to see him win one before his career is up. Um, so we'll see what, what It'd happens. It'd be fitting. There. At least one. Give him like the Sergio. Like and Sergio maybe is like the par- parallel to him is – you know, a very popular player on the tour. A lot of people like him. He's usually in the mix. He's been in a in a variety of tournaments, and then just has one weekend where he just has it all together, and and it's a major that he's winning. Oh, that'd be uh, great. I honestly think Fowler is even more likable than Sergio. So yeah, um, I think it'd be great to see him put together, and I think he will. I think he will 
have a still young weekend. enough. He's still young enough. Um, like you'll see, like the people in their forties still. And, you know, it's not just Tiger types that are winning in their forties. Every now and then, you'll get a player that will sneak in there. So I just gotta put it all together in a weekend and 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 have the right stuff that time. If Ricky can find his short game again, he'll be cooking. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he's been in the mix before. I mean, he finished second. He's he's been close. Um, you know, behind Patrick Reed, he was right there um, to do it. So like, it's, it's doable. Um, so that's my, that's who I'll be rooting for. Same way I'm rooting for Gonzaga. Never won a title. Fowler, <laughs> you got, you got my sport. Your Maybe that's a bad thing. Your heart bleeds for them. I need, Your heart I need to, bleeds for them. <laughs> I need to stop. I need to stop picking these teams. I, all my predictions end up being wrong, which we'll actually get to now, which is the NBA stuff. When I had said the last time we talked that I thought the Nuggets would maybe be able to come out of the West if they, um, if AD did not come back healthy, and then Jamal Murray goes down with a brutal look like um, ACL injury. Uh, basically, I, I'm not gonna. I think the Nuggets are still a good team. I don't think they'll come out of the West anymore, but I still think they're a solid team. They'll be competitive. But I think this kind of puts an end to their chances there. Um, just too bad. Uh, they were playing incredible. Jamal Murray is one of the better young players in the league, so it sucks to see injuries like that happen. Um, and, you know, how much of it is a result of the scheduling? I don't know. You know, they're playing five games in seven days. That's a lot. Um, so I don't know, though. But, stuff and there's a lot of players going down with injuries right now hardens out now too um yeah so it's it's hard to say but too bad uh sad to see i just wanted to call that out it's it's too bad because i was really liking the way the nuggets were playing yeah and it's joker you know definitely the mvp candidate oh my god what an incredible i looked at his stats i hadn't looked at him in a while He's putting up a 56, 41, and 86, like, you know, that 50, 40, 90 club. He's created an almost entirely new, like, 55, 40, 90 club, potentially. Like, and almost averaging a triple-double. His win shares are just, his, like, advanced metrics are just wild. Uh, Definitely should be at the top of that MVP conversation. Absolutely. That being said, though, the... The run they went on last year during the playoffs, I think that was really driven by Murray, um, just driving the ship for that whole thing. Um, so I, I think Joker will pick up the slack, but I think there'll be a little lost at times of that Murray. You know, he was a go-to for him, and um, and yeah, so they'll still be a formidable opponent, but this Murray, Murray's just gonna it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Uh, the only thing I'd say to that is Jokic, while Murray was like the primary scorer in the past postseasons for them, Jokic hasn't played to this level ever before. Um, he's averaging like six or seven points higher than his average has been traditionally. Um, so it does feel a little different this time with him. So maybe he is the go-to now. Um, but like you said, though, like they need that that second score. So Porter needs to step up now. Gordon needs to step up a little bit, and whoever is replacing Murray needs to at least cover a little bit of of uh, Murray's absence. But and that's just the thing. That's a, right it's a there big is, loss, though. It's Joker will get his. There's no, I have no doubt about that. Joker will get his, but any team, you know, let Joker get his, 
and stop everybody else. Um, and that's proven to be successful in the past for teams. So, um, yeah. We'll see I, how I, they... Yeah. I think they're not, they'll be competitive still. They'll still be in the mix. They'll make the playoffs. They'll give team, a uh, teams a tough out in, in the playoffs. I just don't think they can make it out of the West anymore with that, um, with their roster as is. Um, so that's too bad, but they're still young. So hopefully they'll, they'll be back and hopefully Murray comes back super healthy and can get back to form again. And uh, I believe he will. I, I, that's Me one too. of the teams that I have a lot of faith in. So in the future, um, I mentioned the Harden injury quickly. Um, just as Katie was coming back, Harden went down with a little bit of a hamstring pull. Maybe it's just to get some rest for himself too. Cause he's been playing so much. Um, but do you think it's a big deal that the big three haven't really Kyrie Harden, Katie haven't really played much and won't have played much together prior to the playoffs? I don't think so, but I agree. Cause I believe the three of them have played together before. Um, yeah, what, Team USA or something? Yeah, and they've had interact, plenty of interactions with each other. They're such smart, intelligent players. Um, if there's any hiccups in the beginning, I don't see them lasting very long. So, no, I'm not worried about them. Get them all right or as right as you can get them healthy um, and just go and just get out of the way. Let them do their thing. So, now I'm not worried about them. I don't think it's going to be – it's not going to be a clicking thing or – not like a quarterback and a receiver needing to sync up and get on like the same page or, um, you know, a pitcher and a catcher. Basketball, I think, is just different. And especially with not only three good players, you have three of the best players in the world. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm confident of that too. And, you know, they're, they're all so talented. Like you said, they're some of the best. That it's not that big a deal. And it's, it's kind of – if any of them were to have like something, you know, spring up again, whether it's Kyrie, Katie, or Harden, and get injured during the playoffs or have to miss some time, you know, they're at least prepared for that and have given, been given their role players a lot of opportunities to uh, gel and and make some uh, j- jumps in their abilities and 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 step up. So, um, yeah, I don't think it will end up being a, a major issue, but too bad because I've been wanting to watch the three of them play together. So. At some point, we'll get to, to see it more consistently. Um, the only other basketball news, really, it's been kind of slow. Otherwise, just trugging along to the end of the season. Uh, A-Rod uh, is buying, or at least a part of a group that is buying uh, ownership within the Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx franchises. Um, but it's exciting to see another um, former athlete getting involved in the ownership world especially as someone of uh like a rod status like that's that's always an exciting thing as someone that's known um it's a person of color which is is always exciting to you to to get some more diversity within the ownership groups and and uh administration from that side of things i do feel like this is a strange one i would have thought a rod would go for a baseball team uh, especially since him and Jeter kind of have this friendly rivalry and Jeter's got the Marlins. So you would have thought A-Rod would try to do something within baseball. Um, and Minnesota seems a little strange too, but um, still exciting for him. Do you think he can turn that franchise around? 
I don't think he'll. No. And to be clear, the Timberwolves side, the Lynx are very good. They've won many titles with Maya Moore. Uh, So they don't, the Lynx don't need A-Rod's help. It's more of the Timberwolves side of things. I don't think it'll be helping either side. Um, I think he just (laughs) owns the team. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I don't think he'll be in, doing any sort of input. I think he'll input. He puts is he'll want them to be successful. Uh, Owner in title only or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he'll, I think he'll definitely push for them to be successful. Um, and I love Anthony Edwards. I think he's an outstanding player. So I think the, they have potential for the future. I don't think they're starting from zero, but they do have a lot of work ahead of them. Yeah, they got some good core there, a, a good young core there. It's just, you know, the position, the owner usually ends up not really mattering. It's the GM side of things and coaching side of things. So, um yeah, hopefully they can figure out a way to put those pieces together, and and maybe that's where Rod can help is kind of getting people fully committed to, um, you know, putting in the effort needed to, and and making those those kind of decisions to to be competitive. Because sometimes that's all it takes is ownership that cares a little bit more than they have in the past, and that can change the the culture a little bit around them. So we'll see if that ends up happening. But even nice to see the Timberwolves competitive again. You know, back to the KG Kevin Garnett days. That'd be kind of uh, exciting. I don't know if I would talk to Kevin Garnett about that. Well, I mean, he like was the reason they were competitive, and also I think he had previously tried to buy the Timberwolves. He got snubbed, and he did not take it well at all on social no. media. No, so, but I meant in terms of they were competitive. They went to the Western Conference Finals when he was there, yep. so it'd be good to see that happen again in some capacity. For sure. Although it would have been cooler to see KG be the reason why they were doing it. It would have been cool to see him on the team. Yeah. Um, that's it from the ba- uh, basketball side of things. Um, there is some, some quick NFL news. Um, Sam Darnold is officially no longer a New York Jet and was traded to the Carolina Panthers. Um, not for as much as I would have expected, actually. Um, I The Panthers, I don't even think, gave away their first round draft pick this year i think they gave a like second round for this year i'm trying to remember the terms but it was not as heavy of a package as i would have expected for him considering he's still young and potentially got some talent and i'm excited to see what he could do in carolina with a pretty decent and exciting head coach and some um talent around him um i think this will kind of prove whether or not he has an opportunity to to have a career long career as a starter in the nfl um, but I think it really opens up the door that the Jets are definitely going with Zach Wilson and that like I don't know if that was ever really in doubt, but like if there was any doubt is no longer. <laughs> what are your thoughts on on his potential with the the Panthers? I think he I think he definitely is set up, you know, I think we've seen different players that go to New York and can't handle it. I, it's it's from rookies to veterans it's 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 just a place that some people can't play can't thrive and then you not only go to new york you go to the jets who are terrible um so i think you could see him revitalize his career in carolina um maybe the motivation of being traded too like yeah that, and people kind of writing you off that can help sometimes so i think the future is bright for donald i like it for the Panthers, I think it's a good pickup for them, and I think he will do well down there, um, as long as McCaffrey's healthy. 
Yeah. Got to got you got to have that weapon for him to use. Um, without it, I think you'll have a similar year to last year where it's kind of irrelevant, do some good things, but nothing great. Yeah, but they got a good young offensive coordinator from LSU. Matt Rule seemed like a decent coach. Uh, they were trying some interesting stuff, so it'll be it'll be good. It's like they had a Teddy Bridgewater, you know, maybe Sam Darnold's like a little bit above him, but they're not too different, but it would just be exciting to see if they can bring out the full potential of a player like Sam Darnold and, and maybe revitalize his career and and make Carolina a, a fun and interesting franchise. Yeah, I think Darnold has a little bit of better arm. Um, Teddy's been able to stay health. Well, funny to say, he's been able to stay healthier after that horrific knee injury, but had a little bit more success, small sample, but more success in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, not much otherwise from the NFL side of things, just a lot of draft speculation. We got that coming up soon, um, which also, by the way, WNBA draft we're recording us on Wednesday is Thursday night. Um, so that couple drafts in the on the actually horizon. so because you brought up the WNBA a little bit of one. What do you? Th- I know you wrote about this in your uh, newsletter this week. Mm-hmm. Um, which one was your? Was Indiana your favorite uniform? No, I just really wanted to call out the pop culture um, side of things. But in terms of my favorite jerseys, there were some that stood out to me. Um, it was Phoenix. I will first go to hometown. I like the Connecticut, the orange jersey. One, it reminded me a lot of the super popular WNBA orange like yep. hoodie. So hoodie. it's just like, and then the orange is so bright. It just fits that so well. So I really like that. And kind of cool that their other jersey pays homage to the mohegan tribe so like you know that being so close to like where we grew up and lived um was good i like the los angeles explorer edition with the, the palm tree getting built into the l of los angeles that was a nice uh design little touch there i thought the aces both of their jerseys while like super basic and simple were super clean i really like those and then the phoenix jerseys were really like the phoenix ones like, I'm so glad they went this direction. Um, I never loved anything Adidas did with the uniforms when they had it, and then Nike flipped over and they began to trend in a better direction. I don't. I think Nike style is just better. I, I prefer Nike style. There's the way they do things for teams and uniforms, uh, and I love them all. I think they did an outstanding job. They had fun with them. They also, you know. <sighs> it was an opportunity for the teams to showcase their town, showcase their beliefs, showcase what's important to them. Um, Mm -hmm. Three different uniforms. They look phenomenal. Like you, I'm, I'm biased. I love the Connecticut ones. I think they all look great. Um, And I love the, it was cool seeing Alyssa Thomas being able to do the unboxing on their Instagram page and her seeing them for the first time. So uh, great job by Nike. I think they hit it out of the park with these uniforms. I think they're gonna look pretty sick this year. Yeah, a lot of fun little Easter eggs in a lot of them. Um, yeah, like the the Washington, um, the Washington jersey has like a um, a nod to the Nineteenth uh, Amendment, which gave um, people the right to vote, um, which is a nice little touch because something they've been fighting for. Um, they the whole theme was around women's and and uh, female empowerment, so it's just a lot of little easter eggs in some of these jerseys and like you said i get to call out like the new york um which i like that new york teal color 
but they got to just put a quality on it, just something that they care a lot about. So it's just fun to, to see some of those little elements in the jerseys. Um, but yeah, definitely drafts coming up. Like I said, the NFL news is slow. Draft, kind of just people talking about it over and over again. We've kind of already exhausted the, the topics that are most interesting to us on that side of things. Um, but we also saw Ju- Julian Edelman uh, officially retired. Um, hold on, you... hold on. I can't let you gloss over this. How would you feel if your guy, Justin Fields, went to the Patriots? That's being rumored. Oh, yes. How... <laughs> I'm not letting you sneak past that. <laughs> I'm torn, to be completely honest. I I hate the fact that he would go to the Patriots and the Patriots would probably be incredibly good again. But I also would be super happy for Justin Fields to go to a fran- like a, a franchise that is competent and to a coach that's competent and can like make him successful. Because generally, the earlier you go in the draft, you're generally put with some... Tough situations. Yeah, not competent organizations a lot of the time, and it can be tough for you to actually like pan out in your career. Whereas like if you're like an Aaron Rodgers and you fall to the Green Bay Packers behind that still had Brett Favre, yeah, it's a little bit better of a situation to to be in um, with that kind of franchise and, and that kind of um, coaching staff and um, people to learn from. So I get it from that lens, um, but I would not be happy to see the Patriots get that young of a quarterback that could potentially turn out to be a super talented. And, and in my eyes, not saying he will, but he could be the best quarterback in this draft uh, and could have the best career in this draft. So, you know, that that makes me not happy to see that that could happen and be with the Patriots for the next however many years. Um, but I think all these other teams are just making a huge mistake. Like, I, I don't understand why he's he would fall that far. Um, and if he does fall that far, I just hope it's not to the Patriots. <laughs> That's all I can say on that. I, I hope it's not. I wish it's I, – I don't want it to be. But as long as I'm more interested in – because Fields is kind of just getting overlooked now and, and overly criticized in a lot of ways, um, I don't really care. I just want him to be successful and prove everyone wrong now. So I'll, I'll root for Fields no matter what at that point. Um, I'll make sure you get – I'm going to buy you his Patriots jersey. <laughs> Oh God! Please don't. I'll get you Connor's um, new Arizona jersey. Easy, you know. Well, okay. <laughs> Godspeed to him. Hopefully, he can run the ball a little better better down there in Arizona. I wish him all the best. Let's <laughs> be careful. We can play. Two people can play this game. I will gladly wear his Cardinals jersey. He did not leave on bad terms in any way, shape, or form. And um, Kyler's my dude down there, so. Happy to wear a Cardinals jersey. <laughs> um, with the Edelman retirement, though, speaking of the Patriots, um, is this a Gronk retirement? Is he going to go to Tampa? I heard his knee's pretty wrecked. And I know people yeah. were saying that about Gronk's back and his body. Um, That's why they let him. They, like, he was released, right? Like the Patriots did not, released yeah, him after released. a physical. And then. Yeah. Yeah. And they gave him the send off. Um, it may like everybody wants to say it. I think the wide receiving core is too good in Tampa. Where where who who do you get rid yeah. of? Where do you fit them in? Like Gronk was able to slide into kind of a specialty position, um, where you carried 
you know, two or three. Um, their weird by receiving core is very good, young. Um, so I don't know. Something's got to happen for him to fit in there. I mean, I could see Brady wanting to happen. I guess uh, Edelman's been liking every single one of his Instagram <laughs> posts that he's been posting up. Um, but I just don't think he can fit in down there. Yeah. And, I, and I, from, from what I'm hearing is his knee is in bad shape, so. Yeah, well, maybe it is official, but it was just um, speculation. Like, everyone else is talking about the Hall of Fame stuff. Um, is he a Hall of Famer? So my take on the Hall of Fame is I'd rather see Hall of Fames turn into history museums for the sports. And from that lens, Edelman has had a part in NFL history in, in a variety of ways. I think he's won Super Bowl MVP. He has a huge catch against the Falcons in that in that comeback. Um, he's won three Super Bowls. He has the the throwing touchdown against the Ravens in the Super Bowl, which is another like playoff kind of moment of memory. So like from that lens, like where I, I think Hall of Fames are right now, it's like, oh, what are the stats? But then like you can't like use the stats across the board. Like some people get, you know, viewed differently and it's just like a completely subjective thing. It's not objective anymore. Um, it's, it's just too annoying of a conversation. Players have made it that shouldn't be in it. Um, players that should be in it, haven't made it. And I'm talking across sports. This isn't just the NFL. So I'd rather see like, here's the NFL history museum and like just celebrate the history and, and the, and the athletes that have played in your, in your league. That's what I'd rather see. So my take is yes, in the sense that I think all Hall of Fame should just be changed into history museums of the sport. I think a lot of the Hall of Fames that way, um, but I still think there should be a Hall for the bus and stuff like that. Um, I don't but think just give everyone quite... one. Like, just be like, honor everyone that's ever played in the sport. Like, they do in one way, shape, or form, but not everybody who played the sport should be honored. I don't know. I just think like there's a like a historical context to it. I should think they should just be treated as history museums of the sport. And I think I can't say I've been to Canton. I haven't been I to haven't. Cooperstown, but I've been to. Um, they mostly are, but they still but they still call them Hall of Fames, and it just becomes a debate of right. like just turn into like. It, big part of it is a museum, though. I guess that's, that's a huge part of it. That's the biggest. I mean, you go look at the bus and. You know, you go look to see who's in the Hall of Fame at basketball, but there's so much other cooler stuff at the Basketball Hall of Fame than just just that. Um, I Then in that case, like, whoever gets the bus or whatever you want to call them, like the plaques, whatever, at baseball and basketball, I think it'd be more relevant then is, like, you are honoring only the players, like, the top, top. Agreed like the most like incredible athletes that you've ever seen play these sports. Like, That's totally fair. And I think the baseball have made a mess out of it with their hall of fame. And I know to football too. Like, like it's hard. It, it's hard. Like you would want to honor, like especially in a sport, like with that many people on it, like nose tackles and offensive linemen and like, it's tough. Those would never make right. it, but like, I guess that's the point I was going with what you just said is that it should be just for the best of the best, like the absolute most amazing. And, and that's when I think like, I, he's very good. He, outstanding player had hall of fame moments. I hope all those moments are in the hall of fame somewhere and his face is all over him. Um, but I just think he was very good. And I don't think very good should get you into hall of fames. 
Yeah. I mean, the Yankees have, have done this with their jersey number oh, retirements God. and shit. Like, it's like, are you going to, you're not even going to have any numbers left to use at this point. You're retiring everyone's numbers. Celtics now are getting, Celtics are getting pretty bad with this too. The, the teams on the field now for the Yankees look terrible. I know. You guys, 75s and 68 and everything else running around out there and it looks ragtag. It used but. to have so, so much like honor and like, and history behind it and like i love posada should not have his number retired in in the oh, back agreed like there's players like that that are like hey you did great for us you know amazing career totally like you know deserve like yankee honor not that that's like one of the highest honors of the yankees and those should be reserved for those mostly single digit numbers um that have been held by like the most important players in the franchise history. totally agree like Posada and Gehrig in the same ring of honor. I don't think so. No, like that's for Ruth, Mantle, DiMaggio, um, Gehrig, like you said, Jeter should be in that mix. Rivera, but Rivera's has got a more unique number because he's got the Jackie Robinson number. So, like, so his is in there. But like, that's that's about like I mean uh, Yogi Berra too. Like throw yeah, him Yogi. in the mix. But like that's basically like the group right there. Like. That's three, four, seven, five, eight, and two. So just a single digit numbers. And what is nine Maris? I think Maris is probably in that group. Too. Nine or eleven. I think he's nine. But like the the it's basically the best players were all the single digit numbers and like those that's it. Like leave it at that. Like I think I totally agree. It's gone too far. And and, and I think this is the same situation with like the Hall of Fame stuff. It's like, sure, it's these players were good, but like the Hall of Fame had a certain cachet to it. Like it was like, this is like where like Michael Jordan would be like getting his own like area where it's like this is the Michael Jordan Hall, and here's the Magic Johnson Hall, and here's the Larry Bird Hall, and here's the Kareem Hall. Like, and you're just learning about these players and why they were so important and why they were so good. And now it's like you're throwing in like. Dwight Howard's probably going to be in the Hall of Fame, and like Mitch Richmond. Oh yeah, you're like, right. Oh, but you're just Matt like, Stafford. Matt Stafford might be in the Hall of Fame. And those, uh, it's not to take away these players were very good at what they did, but like that means you're at the same like level, and now it's like you're creating. I think Bill Simmons had come up with an interesting idea in his book of basketball book, where it was like the first floor is like your here's your first tier Hall of Fame. And then as you get further and further up, like you go up the floors and you like learn more about the, it's like, oh, this is like the top floor. And that's like MJ, Kareem, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson. Like there's like five players like on this top tier. Everyone else is like, you just are progressively moving up and you're like, as you go in up to each floor, you're like, oh, these are like, so those players down there were like good. These are like very good. These are like amazing and these are the best like you just like continually progress and you're like learning as you go up so it becomes like a space for you to like okay so there's the top there's the, the f fourth floor like talent and then there's the first floor talent and like other otherwise it's just like blurred together it's like it's hard to see when it's got this person's picture next to this person's picture and if someone's not going to read up on their history they're never going to know the difference but that's how i feel about it that's, I don't know though. Soon enough, I'm, we're gonna fix I'm, all the problems. Yeah, I'm we're, sure. We're I'm sure he'll make it in, and it won't be because like he shouldn't be in there. It's just 
he had a very good career and that seems to be the bar now. So I don't know if he gets in, but but you're right. I don't know if it would also I don't know if it'll hundred percent surprise me if he did. But there you're like even I think and maybe you feel differently about this, but like Bill Cower recently got in. Like wasn't his like coaching record was not that you know, he was not oh, that strong and he, and, he, and he won one Super Bowl. Two Super Bowls. One. Eli Manning's another one, too. Like, is he a Hall of Famer? But, yeah. So, it's just getting to be, like, it's not the best of the best anymore, which is what I think the original concept of it was. Anyways, that's all I have to say about that, which was a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we got the Parks and Rec. Um, you said you were got through the first two. So we have episodes 10 and 11, uh, which means we'll do episodes 12, 13, 14, and 15. So we'll do four for next next time. But we'll have these two um, to at least talk about. Do you still want to do like a favorite opening, even though it's between two? Uh, no, we don't have to do a favorite opening because I don't think I really fell into one. Um, all right, so yeah, we'll just skip that one. They were both of those weren't that great of opening. Uh, that's a, not, neither one of them jumped out at me. Um, yeah. Right, so then, favorite moments from episode ten. I think we were doing episode by episode for this last time. I like that. Um. So. Love the bachelor bachelorette party. I think start off with that, and just the bachelorette was everything had to have a penis in any way, shape, or form. Always. Um, <laughs> but we quickly find out, you know, Leslie's losing her spot for her park. Um, so of course she cannot enjoy her night and let that stand. So she takes. All the indie. I love that scene of her just throwing Indian artifacts all over the site so they couldn't um, continue construction anymore. Um, and then April, of course, wants a blood oath. So none of them speaks of what happened that night. Um, and no one was having it. But um, uh, of course, Ben wants to play Settlers of Catan all night for his bachelor party. Um, uh, let me just be, I want to agree with Ben. Drinking beer and playing board games actually does sound like a pretty good night with like your friends. It is not a bachelor, it's not a bachelor party. No, it's not. Not a chance. <laughs> um, I like though. I, this is one of my favorite ideas from the show. Is how um, Chris spun it off that this is going to be a bachelor party for everybody. I thought that was a really fun way to do it. And finally, I've been waiting for them to go to the Colts game uh, or to go to the Colts. For um, Andy's bachelor party, I thought that was a really cool spin on it. Um, I then also I liked, um, gosh dang, I had worse with names. Um, when they went to the meat place, and why can't I think of his name? The basketball player or the nope. politician? Nope, the famous, um, the uh, mustache. Saint Elmo. Uh, no, yes, but what's the character's name? Ron. Ron, thank you, Jesus. I, oh, I didn't know Sorry, that I you forgot his name. I completely blanked it. I just love him going to St. Elmo's. And he's just like, I want meat. <laughs> um, Tom hit the Jerry snooze button when Jerry. Yep. Talk, 
So the Italian gives students for 10 minutes and Jerry immediately looks at his watch. Um, Tom or Ron considering saying, I like her being very candid <laughs> with the group. I'm gonna be very candid with you all. I like her. Um, oh yeah. About Diane. Um, Roy Hibbert refusing to pay for Tom. <laughs> and then um, when the bachelorette party wakes up afterwards and Leslie immediately talks about her sugar. Loving 30 sugars. sugars. Yeah, I'll have 30 sugars in my coffee, please. <laughs> um, but I, I, good overall episode. I like the uh, what they did with that batch party. I thought that was a... It was something that I believe... That, that's something that can come off very hokey, and I think they pulled it off very well. It didn't come off... It came off as very genuine. Yeah, it was, it was easy to do when you had Ben's kind of just be as low-key as it was, and then you had just kind of like Tom... Be like, I can't let this bachelor party like end like this. So he recommends going to a new bar and calls it molecular mixology, an experimental new way to consume alcohol. And Ron says there's no wrong way to consume alcohol. And then he shows up to the bar and is like, There's this is the wrong way to consume alcohol. He ordered a, a scotch and the guy just puts uh asks him to put out his hands and he squeezes like basically like hand soap into his his hands and Ron's like what the hell is going on um and he's ordered a Bud Light and they basically just gave him like an order of cotton candy and he goes I ordered a beer and the guy's like that is a beer <laughs> it is a Bud Light absolutely uh so I loved all of that stuff um and then I liked I called out the same thing about um Roy Hibbert like refusing to pay for um for Tom's meal, I thought that was funny. Did you know who the other player was that was with him? I looked it up. No, who was it? Miles Plumley. Oh, one of the Plumley brothers. Yeah, one of the. And Plumlee now that you brothers. say that, I can totally recognize that. I didn't know who it was. I had to look it up. Um, I didn't realize it was a player with him. Yeah, I thought so at least. Um, I'm surprised he skipped over what Andy really wanted to do for his bachelor party. Oh, beat Tom Brady forty nine nothing. See a well, see a Cole scheme. See the Colts beat the Patriots forty nine nothing, then yell at Tom Brady and make him cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think that's you'd... a lot of America's dream to have happen: make Tom Brady cry. <laughs> I figured you'd love that. And then we got uh, Reggie Wayne and um, and Andrew Luck, and then Andy got to catch a pass from from Andrew Luck. So. I wore your jersey when I got married. That's weird, but I respect it. <laughs> yeah, so great. Um, and then I love the uh, Chris's speech to Ron at, at St. Elmo's fire or St. Elmo's fire, the St. Elmo's steakhouse. And he goes to Ron and Ron's like basically tearing up and he's like, that's just beautiful. Just beautiful, Chris. <laughs> so Ron in that situ situation. Um, and, oh, I also loved when, uh, at the bachelorette party, so they ordered a stripper and april is like wait is your name glenn and the guy used to sit behind you did you still play the clarinet and he's like yeah and she goes so how are you man <laughs> <laughs> and then they force him to dig yep that is such a a trope within like like the office did this multiple like two where it was like and franklin uh, yep well no uh when they hired the the female dancer and then they also made her like we hired you to <laughs> to work and <laughs> so we're gonna make you work because we paid we paid for the hour or whatever um but yeah april uh 
just making the most awkward situations like so hilarious i I love that part of her uh favorite moments in episode 11 um the opening was kind of funny you know april totally trying yeah april totally trying to get leslie going which is like men are our masters we have to listen to them (laughs) doing it with that complete straight face slash smirk going on oh yeah Uh, and at the beginning of the episode, attempting to talk to children was <laughs> cringeworthy, awkward, and uncomfortable. Um, and then Jerry comes in, and the two girls just look at him, and go, "No." He no. goes, "Okay." <laughs> um, I asked you this question. I know before we jumped on, uh, and I thought your answer was really solid. So I'm going to divert a little bit here, but um, Tom has to learn about basketball. So he doesn't know anything about it for Rent a Swag. Rent a Swag is taking off. How would you, the our podcast NBA buff, teach him about basketball? So yeah, I I thought about this for a little bit. At first, I wasn't sure how to answer it, and then I thought of the perfect answer. So the NBA is very active on social media. There is an entire universe of NBA Twitter that talks about they just joke around about stuff. They give the serious conversations. Uh, but it's the easiest way to stay up to date. People are sharing clips of important highlights and stuff like that. Um, you get to see who's being talked about. There's even in other social media, there's literally like a League Fits Instagram account. There's House of Highlights, which is like a super popular Instagram account where they just post little clips. It could be funny ones. It could be uh, the best plays. So knowing what I know about Tom and how much time he spends on his phone and has no athletic ability and that actually doesn't care about basketball, this would be the best way for, for him to learn about it. Um, and it, at the time, none of this stuff was as relevant. So, like, this was probably early 2010s when this episode came out. Um, and obviously, the NBA existed and people were talking about it, but not as – it wasn't as popular in this way that it is on the social side of things. Um, but this would have been the primary way and the easiest way that Tom would have definitely learned about the – the world of the NBA and all that pettiness and and stuff that I love, the gossip and storylines, all of it. Um, perfect. Um, I continue on with Ron interacting <clears throat> with Diane's kids. Um, they were literally <laughs> painting his shoes completely red, and no one thought this was out of the ordinary. But that he had just given Ron, up at that point. <laughs> yeah, it pushed Ron to heavily drink some Irish whiskey at the end of that um, altercation. Um, they have a diversity meeting and only white men show up to it in Pawnee, Indiana. <laughs> I don't think we should be surprised about that. Um, and I just love oh, that Chris it. has to be like, oh no, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, April just talking to what the oldest like councilman and whatever, and he's, I was 300 years older. <laughs> um, and then this gets April and Leslie to do garbage stuff. And we find out April loves garbage. She absolutely adores garbage. Um, immediately though, what part of the episode made me think of you, Anthony? Is it related to the garbage collecting? Nope, not related to the garbage collecting. One part of the episode immediately thought of you. Is it, um, shit. I don't know. Ben rocking the Rex specs, baby. Taking oh, it back to Anthony. <laughs> you know why it didn't register for me? Because Ben doesn't normally wear glasses. So I like I completely forgot about that. But yeah, I was a Rex Specs kid. 
back in the day. Throwing it way back. Um, <laughs> hey, it threw kids Leslie. off. I was actually good at soccer, even though normally people that wore rec specs were not good at sports. So this was a uh, I could was breaking down barriers. <laughs> breaking down barriers for the rec specs uh, family. Um, April going through Stacy Knobloch's trash, finding out she's not a natural blonde, and she has prescription strength deodorant. Yeah. Um, so, and I believe she comments on that again to uh, Leslie is like, uh, what would, um, are going to keep going through keep... people's personal stuff. <laughs> yeah. And Leslie's like, no, that's not what we're doing right now whatsoever. <laughs> um, it, it's funny how uh, Annie's character is funny in so many ways that it could be like trying way too hard but somehow Chris Pratt just pulls it off within that character. Cause that could have gone bad. Like that character can, cause like the way he's playing basketball <laughs> is just so over the top stupid. But he starts plowing the kids over. He picks up the ball, starts pushing them over. Yeah. He, he pulls it off somehow. And <laughs> there's a lot of characters or people that would act that way. That would be like, would you please stop? Like, this is stupid. This is absolutely stupid, but he is funny when he does it. Um, the girls chance. Yeah, it's a credit credit to Chris Pratt, like big credit, credit to Chris Pratt, and, and probably character. the writers, writers and directors too, to to help him with that. That character could have fallen apart badly. Um, the girls chanting "Ron loves mommy" along with Anne at uh, Ron. <laughs> um, the soup kitchen thing was genius. I like that they got that fridge to the soup kitchen. Very cool, and they did get that done. Um, the girls cutting each other's hairs off. Um, my mom would not have reacted that calmly to that situation whatsoever if my sister did that. Good, um, good lesson though, because like in reality, no one was hurt, and they did it to themselves in terms of like, hey, guess what? You're going to school like that. I'm not touching your hair. Like, go, <laughs> you did this to yourself. Like, have fun. We ain't this is what it. you wanted. This is what you wanted. Like, don't grow back. Like. <laughs> Good or luck. you go Britney Spears on it and just yeah, <laughs> that's the only other option. It's like here we're either shaving it off or you're leaving it as is. Good luck, like figuring out how to do it. So let me get that bowl out of the kitchen, and we're gonna give you a nice little bowl cut here. Real exactly. Let's <laughs> um, all it episode. I liked it. Yeah. So some of the stuff that you um, didn't talk about. Um, let me see. Uh, I love when the sanitation. Uh, so Leslie tells. Um, sanitation that they're one of the worst offenders of not hiring women in their department so they start cheering <laughs> she's like don't, <laughs> don't cheer <laughs> um and then i love that ron thought ann's last name was hansen like he was trying he was spending like all day trying to find her office and he didn't know what her last name was so he couldn't find her <laughs> but he's like i thought your last name was hansen she's like nope always been perkins the entire time yeah, you look she- like a hansen and he ends up calling her Hanson later on when, uh, after he admits that he loves Diane, and she's like, "Shut up, Hanson," or like whatever. So he calls her it multiple times. Um, Jerry having a million keys to the office, so like just on a string, and they don't know which one's the correct one. Um, and then you mentioned a lot of the same stuff that we already had, uh, but just a good moment between um, Diane and Ron. Ron, first of all, admitting to Diane. Or to others that he loved Diane, and then Diane telling Ron that he loved, that she loved him, and then he says it back. So it's this good moment for their relationship. Um, 
then April gifting Leslie the box of trash at the end too. Love that little moment. Oh, maybe there's like Leslie's like maybe there's something at the bottom. Here. Nope, more nope, trash. trash. More it's trash. just trash. Um, anything you didn't like about the episodes? No, these are two pretty good ones. Um, no, they both had parts I think I liked in the two of them. Um, I think they were well done. All right. Um, favorite side character over the three or the two episodes? Favorite side character. Not a ton of side characters in these two, and it was pretty heavily on the main people in it. Uh, this would have been a better if you watched the last episode. Too. I'm sorry, okay. <laughs> um, it's fine. I'll go with Roy Hibbert. That's a good I thought that was pretty funny, him rolling but, into the yeah. restaurant. Tom, no, I'm not. And a complete kidding. surprise, too. Like, had no idea that he would show up in that in that episode. So, yeah. And and a funny, like, moment, too. Yeah, Tom, I, I'm not paying for his dinner. <laughs> he owes me a lot of money. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Ken Otate. I, I love how much he messes with anyone that's not, like, like basically white people. Like I love oh, he how knows he, how freaked out they get. Take, well, take like, that headdress off. This is Yeah. It gets him to put it on by saying no, it's not offensive. Then he puts on this is incredibly offensive. And just how much power he has in the in the town. Like they're like, is that a threat? And he goes, Yeah. Like I thought it was clear that it was a threat. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh like also in the opening of that thing, uh, when he like walks in and they're like, Oh, would you like some water? And he goes, Fire water? That's racist. And he's just messing with them. And they're like, no, no. He's like, but I would like some whiskey. And they're like, are, are you joking? Like, I don't know if you're joking or not. <laughs> and then the, again, he's like, oh, now I gotta go out and smoke the ceremonial peace pipe. And they're like, I don't, I don't know if he's joking. <laughs> he just like, and like April the whole time is finding it absolutely hilarious and, and so amusing. And, and like Leslie and Anne aren't sure how to respond to it. And he's just playing them like a fiddle. He's just messing with them the entire time and how much power he has. And, and I like him and Leslie's relationship. It's, uh, you know, she's very honest with him and she respects him and he respects her. And it's a, a, it's a fun relationship when the two get together. So I like, I liked his, his, uh, appearance. I would have picked a different character, but we'll get to them maybe next week. Um, and maybe this goes the same thing. Well, what was your favorite episode of the two? I'm assuming the bachelor party one. I think the batch party one but it was close it definitely was close i thought there was some pretty funny moments with the trash stuff and april was it was heavy april in the in the second one but uh but yeah i liked the spin chris traeger put on that episode i thought was pretty great for everybody to kind of have their bachelor party moment yeah that's definitely the best one um my brother is re-watching it or was re-watching i'm sure he's already done with it now um and he said that it might be one of his favorite episodes of the series it's it's a good one i wouldn't put it that high on on my list but it's definitely a, a really good episode and just get to see all the different characters interacting with each other it's it's fun um favorite character and i feel like my answer may be different now because i needed this third episode to, to have it but... <laughs> i ruined everything <laughs> no go uh... who's who your favorite character Oh man, I think for the I think I've already talked about this multiple times, but I think I'll go with Chris Traeger. Um, I really like the spin he put on um, the bachelor party episode. That was definitely all him. Did a great job with that. 
Um, he's beginning to become more positive. Um, dating the reporter again. Oh, or question for you. Maybe dating the reporter. Shauna Moway tweet. Uh, do you think that relationship has legs? No, no, I don't. Okay. I think it's much more interesting to have Chris Traeger not be in a relationship. So um, <laughs> I think she'll be in for a few episodes, but I don't think that it has legs. Okay. Um, that's a good one. I think he had a big role in that first episode, which he liked, uh, the Bachelor Party one. Um, he got the best man trophy from the group. Um, but uh, I'm going to go, and, it, and this will partly be because of the third episode too, but this grouping of of three episodes was an Anne tour de force, in my opinion, for, for her character. I gave it to her last time. I think it was kind of more of because I would have picked the same character that you had picked for the group of three episodes that we watched. I was just trying to pick someone different. Um, this is Anne's run right here uh, of episodes. Um, she gets to play, a, you know, she's obviously playing Leslie's party and trying to balance that with Leslie trying to, you know, she just can never just have fun. She gets too derailed and focused on her work. And um, so she has to deal with that. Um, while also, I would imagine planning a bachelorette party for Leslie is already extremely difficult anyway. <laughs> and so she has to deal with being the person responsible for planning the Leslie Note bachelorette party, which I can't imagine is she was stress eating penis gummies. So, uh, <laughs> um, but then also like her with Ron and like with the kids and stuff. And I thought she had a, a huge role there. And then, you know, she's there for when Ron admits that she uh, uh, that he loves Diane, and she starts messing with him about it. Um, but I I'm gonna go with Anne for for this too. And if the third episode was included, you would understand why too. But we'll get to that next next time we we talk about our episodes. Uh, yeah, so we'll do was it 12, 13, 14, and fifteen? We'll do a, a run of four the next time we get together. Um, and that's that. Anything else you want to touch touch on before we close out? I think I'm good. Sweet. All right. Well, we will most likely be back next week, but if not, sometime in the near future. Um, and uh, mostly NBA, NFL stuff, maybe some baseball stuff. Um, drafts in two weeks, NFL drafts. So. Yeah, so we're getting closer to, to some of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, until then, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.